All right, we are back with another episode of Lost in the Deep End, where we just go in deep on something. I'm here with Matt Bressler. I'm Mike Turpin. Matt, what's up? What's up? Um, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, <laughs> so we are. This is our second run through, but I think we got everything figured out. Um, I I wanted to to dive deep a little bit and see what just came out. If we talked a little bit about performing, the art of performing. Um, we already chit chatted for a handful of minutes on this, maybe like three minutes. So I want to kind of maybe start it in a different way mm -hmm. because I don't want to just try to recapture. Yeah, yeah. And if it comes back the way it did, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So we're, we're performing tonight. And I guess instead of saying like trying to start in the beginning and we had already talked about a little bit, how sports, um, is kind of a performance and, how it's a little vague. Not a lot of people talk about performing. Not a lot of people have experienced what it's mm -hmm. like to, to do a performance, but there's something when it's officially time to go like practice becomes the moment. Yeah. That's a good way when, to put it. When we are on stage tonight performing at the open mic, um, there is something that just the, the weight of the situation, and this is just an open mic is so much heavier than if we're just here in the, in the family room. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> and that's pretty obvious. But if you removed that from your life, how different would your music experience be? If I remove like performance from my life? Yes. If, um, you, if you basically were just somebody that, that practiced, yeah, that, that was your music playing. That's crazy. Uh, my music. Yeah. Well, it'd be totally different. And even what I practice would probably be different. I probably, I don't even know. But yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't. I don't think I would probably enjoy music even as much. You might I, not. You you might get burnt out. You might not even right, want to right. do it. Do you think that there are, are many people like you, you work at a music store? Mm -hmm. Are there a lot of people who come in there who are really good? You think who've never performed or who don't perform at all? Maybe some younger people, but I uh, I think almost everyone who is is really good wants to show it and wants to play live at least. Um, there's probably people who are older who have performed and don't do it anymore, you know, kind of just, but, right. but I wouldn't think there's a lot of people that I've met that, that are, are good enough to perform, but just don't have the desire to. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people cannot imagine what it's, or, or have never really taken the step to put themselves in that situation. I can remember the first time I stepped foot to do stand-up comedy, like step foot on that stage. I could relate it to things, but that was a really big moment. It was this competition at a club. There was an official headliner that was a touring comic who was closing out the show. There, The person hosting it was a, a regular headliner at the, at, the, at the local clubs, and it was just very serious, man. Like Magooby's right. Joke House, the place I, I performed oh, at yeah. first, that's a very serious place to be. It's mm -hmm. about as official looking of a comedy show, comedy club, as you can see. Um, but then again, if I had went to a bar show, it might have been even worse. If I went to like a, a, the low tier of open mics and that sort of thing, maybe my experience would have actually been worse and it would have been intense in a different way. Right. Because there's definitely something to performing in front of like no audience or a shit show. Right, right, right. That's when the love and the passion really comes out. People who can handle performing in front of less than ideal circumstances are almost always the ones that really do it for the performing. 
right, right. this weird abstract thing that it's not just to be perceived as good. It's not even just to be seen and heard because sometimes nobody's paying attention and it doesn't even phase you, right? right. It's just to be in the moment. Right. There is something unique about performing and you, you play differently when you perform than, than how you do when nobody's watching. Yeah. Um, do you remember, did you ever get a tremble? Do you remember what it's like when you first perform and your hand starts like oh, shaking and your fingers shaking? I still, for like big performances, I still will get a little, a little nervous and, and my hands will shake before once like I get it into the performance, I'm usually like able to just calm my nerves once it starts and I know I'm going good, but but before I can, I, I do get nervous. It makes singing a big hurdle because if oh, you have yeah. that in your voice, that, that tremble, it's really hard to talk and make words out. The right, first yeah. open mic I did, I remember going to talk and just being very, very nervous and, and, and my voice kind of trembling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm rather comfortable. There was a guy who performed for the first time last week at the open mic. Do you remember acapella? Yeah, yeah. He was good. He was good. He sounded great. He did a very soulful old. Mm -hmm. what, do you remember what song it was? Or no? I don't. But it, yeah, it was like an old like. Old timey. It might as well have been swing low, sweet chariot or something. Right, you know? right. Just yeah. Um, but. It, he came back and his hand, wasn't it his hand oh, he lifted? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, was, it was just, just like shaking, shaking insanely. But and he did well. We couldn't hear it in his voice. I was going to say, that's. Uh, I forgot that his hand was shaking so much. But yeah, you would have never been able to tell by his voice. His voice was smooth. Like Yeah, the, the feeling that it must have been for him to be up there uh, and yeah. doing that, it had to be so intense. He didn't know anybody there. He was the only person doing what he did, acapella singing. You know, I've never seen anybody else do that at that open mic. So that's pretty tough. When I first started stand, stand up, there were some people who did stand up at music open mics. Do you remember the time we saw a guy do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is not the place. I was even telling you, I'm like, this is not going to go yeah. over well. This guy, this is his first time ever trying to do stand up and he's doing it at a place where they don't even intend on seeing stand up. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is not going to go well. And, uh, then what, um, as far as performing for me at the, the open mic, I'm, I'm thinking it didn't take me long to get comfortable doing it, but then you have the moments where you don't feel like it's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I, all right, is the monitor playing back into me? Well, is this, why does this feel wrong? Yeah, I know what you mean. Something just sounds off and you're like, and that, is it me or is it, it something else? It drives you crazy. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolutely maddening. I might put my dog in the room. So if there's a brief 30-second uh, <laughs> lull, it might be the case. I'm going to give him a warning and then if he acts out again. Bud, you got to go lay down. I mean it. Go lay down. Right there. Stay. All the way down. Lay down. Good boy. So w when I'm performing, I, I think that I'm desensitized to a big part of what it is to perform, but I still feel it. You know where I felt it big time was in MMA. Oh, right, right. Dude, there is nothing like that. There's nothing like anticipating this moment for weeks and weeks mm -hmm. and weeks, especially when you've never done it. Right. But even once you've done it, to know that's what you're going to do again. Is pretty pretty freaking crazy, man. You know, it's pretty crazy back there. You're warming up, you're hitting the mitts, 
You know he's in the locker room over doing the same. Right. Your coaches are telling you everything. They're taping your hands. You're just sitting back there like, holy shit. You do the, the stare down photos beforehand. <laughs> you know, that all happens in like the same day. It's just, you, you go there, you weigh in the night before, you stay at the hotel. It's intense. It's intense, man. That and, one is different too, because that's a solo performance, but there's like a clear winner and loser. There's a definitive, like you lost or you won, which right. music really doesn't have. Or it's more personal too when you there's something very personal about I mean art definitely falls in this category. Like if you suck at something <laughs> yeah, art wise, yeah, yeah. people are gonna judge you in a different way. It's not that big of a deal to lose in team sports. To right. be on a bad team doesn't blow your ego too much. Right, because you can always say, Oh, well, the team just sucks. But it's yeah. it's so different when you're one on one. It's like you, uh, you have nowhere to shift the blame. <laughs> it's just you or him. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility and a lot of ego to juggle. Mm. You are responsible for the ego of the situation. You're not, it's mm -hmm. not like the team's ego. It's your ego. Mm -hmm. And uh people fighting's a weird one because people it it they really judge the character of someone. At least see, I feel that way. I feel like if somebody goes out there, let's say I were to have a fight, and fortunately this isn't what happened, but like let's say you have a fight and you just go out there and you like kind of quit like really badly, or you just it doesn't look like you have any fight to give and you get really nervous. I mean, people are going to look at you and judge you based off that pretty harshly, probably, uh, if yeah, they pay that attention. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, people do judge that pretty harshly. Yeah, I knew a guy who had a style in the scene, and it was really boring. He would just kind of, like, lay on people. Um, <laughs> and his friends used to just talk so much shit about having to see him fight. They're like, we hate, his, we hate watching his fights. I knew one of his friends. And it was like, it's just the truth. And it's like, damn, like... You guys only see the fight. You only see the performance. You know, you know a lot of work goes into it and all, but it's like, this guy's a pro. It means a lot to him to win these fights. It's not as simple as that. He's not that good at, at you know, being a knockout artist or a submission artist. Like, he's out here winning fights, you know. Right. But I get it at the same <laughs> time. When, when you go out there, has there ever been like a moment in music where you've been just so embarrassed? What's the most, like, Ooh. I always think of most things. I know they're hard to come up with, but can you just think of any time that you've been pretty embarrassed playing music? Yeah, um, the one that comes to mind, it was just an open mic, but me and Mac, the front man from Blank Slate, were playing a song, and he just like stopped in the middle of playing it and just stopped playing and it was like oh, i can't do this i want to play a different song and it just it like hurt me so much i was like oh this is so awkward <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and that's another thing you're responsible for the way other people feel yeah, in a performance yeah. i think back to like imagine like a michael scott like from the exactly, office doing yeah. um uh, what do you call it? improv yeah. <laughs> like if, that, if that guy's in your improv troupe like <laughs> Yeah. You know, that that's something about a performance there when you're when you're in a band or you're in a group of people, everybody represents each other. And that can be difficult when people act in a way that doesn't who knows why he thought that he might add a great reason to do that. But <laughs> the last thing he was probably thinking was, was, oh, Matt is going to be very embarrassed by what I'm about. Uh, yeah, to yeah, do. yeah. No. Yeah. That doesn't cross his mind until it actually happens. <laughs> right. So it it's just. Yeah, performing man you put so much on the line yeah you, you just really do. lay it all out there you you are basically just 
allowing yourself to be judged, but in a way that the, the part of it that I like is it gives you such honest feedback. Mm, that is definitely true. It takes a rare breed of oblivious to not have like the ability to realize what they, what the audience thinks of them. It's a rare person. Somebody might think they're funny. Somebody might think they're good. And then when they go up there and they don't get a single laugh or they don't (laughs) get a, you know, they have to at least know a little bit that they sucked. Right. We dealt with that. Uh, we had a guy, um, nice guy, like him a lot. I would play with him. I would jam with him. I would see what would happen. But he was having trouble playing the drum at, at the open mic. He, he had the wherewithal, but he was like very confident. He'd played drums before. He's like, yeah, I can come up and pl- smack on this box. And it was throwing him off. He wasn't able to hear the, the rhythm of the guitar or something. And he was, he, he, but he came back and you know what he said? He, I was thinking he might be one of those types that was just going to be oblivious to the right. fact that he laid an egg, but he goes, I think I really pissed that guy off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was <laughs> self-aware. Yeah. He was In self-aware. Way, I was yeah. like, all right. So performing is important for us to have better self-awareness. That's the case with competing and like, and in, in, in fights and stuff. These people who just go to martial arts classes, these traditional martial arts, you just go to karate and you've never even like sparred in the gym. You've never tried taking somebody on. You've never had a moment where it's like the time that right. they call that aliveness in, in martial arts or somebody came up with that term and I like using it. It's like now is the time it's, it's the moment and it creates like an aliveness. Anything right. goes, it's not a, uh, controlled, um, st- uh, simulation. It's nothing like that. It is just whatever happens, maybe there are some rules, but it's more like playing the sport as opposed to being like, Hey, I can dribble the ball between my legs. Hey, I can shoot pretty well from the three point line. Okay. Now you're playing basketball, right? There's a totally different energy to a performance than there is to just like practicing no matter how you can never simulate that like energy in a practice. I love it. I love it. I don't know why I, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, why do I like doing this? so much but yeah. the thought of missing like i'm tired dude i'm exhausted there are so many sundays where i'm just dead tired and then i know i'm not gonna get much sleep on a sunday night right. going into the work week if i go out to these mics but i just love doing it mm-hmm. so much that i couldn't i couldn't stand to miss out i couldn't stand to miss out and it's what performing in front of sometimes there's like four normal audience members and five yeah. musicians. Yeah. And it's like a few songs and it, but still I just appreciate the opportunity so much. And I like what it does. It shapes you yeah. shaped by for performance. I'm very shaped by it, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, your, your music playing would be very different if you didn't do it. Um, th- this is the case for a lot of things. There's, it's one thing to be good at talking on the internet and typing, but when you go to talk to somebody in person, it's different. Performing is that different right. from yeah, doing yeah, yeah. what you do. I don't know if everything is like that. Like we said, maybe that's not the case in uh, you know, playing certain team sports. Maybe you don't get overly nervous in in like I mean, you do see people who just always bobble Connor. All right, all right, we're gonna take a quick we'll be back in one sec. Go to your room. 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 Come on. 
Well, it's tough being a dog dad. <laughs> oh, I try. He needs it. Thinks he owns the place. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, you know, man, I thought about it. What, what really made me think about this topic a lot is I was, I was thinking about, I was talking about uh, to my buddy about playing music, and I was like, the only thing that really, I think gets me wanting to practice. I could imagine if I didn't perform every week, there's a chance I would just go two months without playing. Right. It, it, there's definitely a motivation involved too with performing that, that motivates you to, to practice because you want to, you don't want to like embarrass yourself. Right. And, and it's just something, you know, you're going to do it. So are you, how unprepared are you going to be? Right. Right. You want to be prepared. Yeah, exactly. It puts pressure on you to know you're going to, you're going to be doing something, so you might as well be good at it. Or like. Yeah. And, and did you know that you were going to love performing? Did you know that you were going to, like, that was going to be the big thing when it came to music? Like, obviously, maybe you wanted to be in a band or you wanted to do something, but did you know that performing would be what it was? No. I honestly didn't think I would like it that much. I, like, I had, like, I have real bad anxiety, so I had, like, stage fright and stuff like that. But... And I would get really, really nervous in the beginning when we when I first started performing. But now I've come to love it. It's like my favorite thing about being in a band is like going out and playing shows and feeling the energy and like feeling the crowd love you. It's it's there's nothing like it. Like <laughs> I just kicked the massage gun on the floor and turned on. Yeah, it I I can't stress it enough. I, I think that this is something that more people should experience. Yeah, people it, don't know. It, it can really, when I think back, actually, I talk about stand-up comedy, but I want to say slam poetry might be like the first gigantic performance thing right. I did. Where, holy shit, I'm going down to the city, I'm competing in a poetry reading performance thing with... People that were, I mean, you say pro, at the very least semi-pro poets. And if there is such a thing as a professional slam poet, these people were that. You know, they were right. that team. The first year I went down there and was competing regularly, the team went to nationals in Austin, Texas and got fourth in the nation, um, like a group of five people. And then I got to go as an entourage, like, and I guess... Um, you know, depending on what would have happened, maybe you would have gotten to be on the team and something. But I got to compete in like uh, some different, they had a bunch of different events going on at this nationals thing, even for people that were and were not competing uh, on, right. a, on a specific team. So that was pretty intense. But regardless, when I went to Baltimore, D.C. for that, I was still in high school. These people were like, this is crazy to be going down here and doing this. And you're up there and you're getting judged. You have, there's five judges. They, they score you on a scale of, uh, I guess, one, may, maybe zero, but, but probably one. One to ten, maybe zero to ten. I'm sure you could give a zero. I don't know <laughs> what they write it down as. But regardless, they had, they had uh, scores from, from, you know, whatever to ten. And you go up there and you read this piece. I mean, you know, you're, you're usually off page. If you're doing the competition, typically you're memorized. Right. That adds a layer of nerves. Do you get nerve nervous about mem memorizing lyrics? 
Yeah, definitely about memorizing lyrics, yeah. Have you ever forgotten lyrics on stage? Yeah, well, I don't sing much, but yes, at open mics, I've definitely forgotten lyrics, and it's been awkward. It's so awkward. Yeah, I hate that feeling. I, I'll i tell you a really embarrassing story about performing after. God, I have, see, I have a lot of performance experience. It's something I've always done. It's like mm-hmm. unifies everything that I've done pretty much is a platform for performance, right. undoubtedly. Well, I'll, I'll wrap up the slam poetry thing. There's not too much about it, but I will tell you that I was one of the only people, uh, the only person I ever saw get a zero or a one, whatever the lowest is and the highest number, not only once, but two different times at a slam. <laughs> that was the type of edgy I was. I got a 10 <laughs> and the I got the best score and the worst score, which were very rarely handed out on multiple occasions in one piece. So... <laughs> sink uh, sink in on that one a little bit uh anyway fast forward me forgetting words lyrics rap battle dude i had a rap battle where i forgot everything i was gonna say and the crowd at a rap battle they are they eat you alive (laughs) it was still to this day that might be peak embarrassment oh yeah you know you're up there you're already you're already under a microscope. You're like the, I mean, to them, you're the nerdy white boy mm-hmm. um, doing raps that are, I mean, they're, it doesn't sound like what other people are doing though. As far as I, I did to a degree, but my style was definitely quirky at, right. the, at the very least. And you go up there and you talk shit beforehand. You're all in like Facebook groups together. So like people are talking shit saying that they, oh man, boy, do they talk shit. Yeah. That's like the culture of that. You're just roasting each other for weeks leading up to the battle. (laughs) The, the Facebook group literally becomes a, a roasting. If it's not stand up comedy, it's like just straight up like rap battle without rhyming. (laughs) Like, you know, just making just straight up, just dogging each other as hard (laughs) as you can go. Brutal, man. And then it's the big moment. It's Mike Turpin versus Nato the villain, you know, (laughs) and the villain is winning. It's Mike Turpin. (laughs) It doesn't have shit to say. Made it like a minute in and just fucking stop, dude. I think every round. I, I, I wound up eating it because what happened was you get into that place where you start fucking up and you just can't remove yourself from that thought right. loop. You, you can't get out of you it. You lose the confidence and then you just you just keep fucking up and then you're like, it's quicksand. Oh. Yep. Each fuck up just sets you back even further. <laughs> you can't clear your mind. And then right. see, so in this rap battle, you take turns. So that was my first round. The fuck the audience is just like embarrassed for me, right. dogging me out. Like, come on, man, you got to say something. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm not gonna fucking, I'm not gonna just like freestyle some stupid shit here. Like, you know, this is a battle we planned for 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 probably a couple months. I, I don't know, at, at least like five weeks, six weeks. We're coming in with written's. I, I'm not a freestyler. I can't just. I'm not gonna just try and <laughs> right, especially right. not right now. <laughs> not, not in that headspace. Not in that headspace. I wasn't about to try to. To freestyle. So I'm standing there. Everyone's, I mean, e- even my, my friends were like embarrassed. Like my rap friends, they right. were just like head down like, God damn it, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he goes, he has a killer round. And then you got to go again. And you make it like three lines in and you just start fucking up tremendously. <laughs> yeah. It was Ooh. bad, man. It was. The other thing is like sometimes you write things into rap battle 
that almost don't work once you've started not being good. <laughs> you can't you can't talk shit and be cocky and, and have a swagger. <laughs> be like yeah, and suck. <laughs> yeah, like you, be fucking up all the time. You yeah. can't do it. Some of the things you say about beating them, being better than them, this guy could never beat me. You know, blah blah blah, all that kind of shit, dude. You're getting your ass kicked. You can't be saying that. Yeah, you have to say that with confidence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, what's happening right now? You know, you can't be talking like you're fucking hot shit when you're not. <laughs> That's the other thing, because so much about rap battle was like a braggadocious right, sort of right, thing. Right. Mm, it's crazy. Well, yeah, performing. Oh, man, it, it reminds me of so many things that are the moment. Like your first time on stage might as well be your first time kissing or having right, sex right, or right. anything like that. It's like the first time anything performing is like that. And it is as monumental as those things in your life. I mean, God, dude, maybe, maybe more. I love when somebody talks shit like they can do it. Oh, yeah, I'd be yeah. great at stand-up comedy. I'd be so funny. <laughs> and you talk him to go up on stage. Oh, come on, go do it. Well, I'll get you a minute. I can get you time. Oh, all right, all right, I'll do it. Then they get up there, and it's not until the moment that they're standing up there, up there that they realize, oh, wait a second, I don't really know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not just being funny in a conversation. Wait, I need to have, like, th like th there needs to be points for them to laugh. They're not just going to, like, laugh through a story kind of there needs to be like punchlines they're not just my friends and laughing at me because <laughs> they're just going with the flow and really i'm annoying as fuck no <laughs> i i hate it man I, I get people who with stand-up it's really annoying everybody wants to tell you they'd be good oh, at stand -up. Yeah, yeah yeah then they'll be like i got a good one for you you can use it if you want i got people every time i talk to them i got a good joke for you and it'd be like some parlor joke or like some right. water cooler like you know yeah, it's a little Johnny. <laughs> Shut up, man. Do you get this? Oh, I get. I I have pe know people who do like, still do like, really bad impressions. <laughs> that was a big thing in the '90s and '80s, I guess. But not many people do like. Not, yeah, it's not, not many often. people do that now. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, it's kind of lame, gimmicky. It's almost always lame because if you do it really well, you rarely care about the rest. Right, right. You're rarely that funny of a person when like you've spent so long developing this Sean Connery voice. <laughs> yeah. It's not always, but it's like that's what I see when I watch when I watch guys who are good at accents and and characters and whatever, even like the puppet people. It's like, man, you guys are so good at your craft, but you you're missing this whole stand up thing. You're missing this yeah. comedy thing. People like it. People like watching somebody who's good at talking um like george bush but it's just rarely unique humor right right, right. I, I i have nothing against it but it's it's like a, a lot of people are that way too with um song funny song people right Ooh, sometimes they're just awful i don't know if you've seen many of them there's <laughs> really. like was it stephen lynch oh Do yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. Name? he was pretty i've big. seen a couple of yeah yeah he's pretty funny there's a couple, but in the local scene, you get them every now and then. And it's just like, wow, that you that's the best you could do with the whole funny side of this thing. Right, right. Just very, very bland and boring. But I'm 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 critical of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so am I, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a critic. Um I'll tell you what was pretty wild. Did I ever tell you my uh meeting John McCain at the Parks and Rec set story? 
Oh, man, I don't think so. Oh, God. So this was a pretty big deal. I was just an extra on Parks and Rec. My girlfriend and I uh, knew somebody who could get you in for acting. She wanted me to give them like a, not a resume, but kind of whatever you put, I guess a portfolio right. and then you get or whatever you would do. But I never, I never followed through with like trying to get real acting gigs through it, but she was able to get us to be extras on Parks and Rec. So we show up and our scene has Amy, Amy Poller. Um, what's the one girl with, have you seen Parks and Rec? Yeah. Uh, I know exactly the episode you're talking about with John McCain in it. Yeah. yeah, there's actually two. So there's an early one and there's a late season one. This is the one that was uh, in the last season. I think yeah, there's two episodes with John McCain. Okay, um, what's the one girl's? I can't April. Be, April. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. By the way, dude, <laughs> off camera, she was acting like a cat the entire time. <laughs> she was meowing, and like the the production people like didn't really know how to take her or like handle her or if they could really scold her because it's probably like off limits and she was literally just meow meow and like moving her fingers in front of like talking with her hands it was pretty it was pretty crazy like a pretty weird person (laughs) very crazy it was fun to watch amy pauler was really nice yeah and uh she was like you know just anybody she made eye contact with she was like really smiley and, and happy and and friendly right so and my scene, my job is to walk behind. It's it's Leslie Nope and John McCain are having a conversation. And I'm just walking by in the background. That's it. I just walk by in the background. So I have like a point A and a point B. And we keep reshooting the scene. So maybe the third take, I'm walking back. And John McCain makes eye contact with me. Now, I don't know if he thinks I'm like a bigger actor than an extra. He might not know how it works. He might not know who's who. He probably doesn't watch Parks and Rec. Who really knows? Regardless, he looks at me like I'm somebody important. (laughs) And he says, thank you. (laughs) Right? And he puts his hand out. At least shake my hand. So, So it's just odd. I've passed by him a couple times. I've watched him from a distance. He's very to himself, like friendly, but like kind of nervous. You can tell right, he's, right. he's not a natural with the acting not his thing. Comfort zone, yeah. Not his comfort zone. You could tell he's trying to do his best. He's trying to do a respectable job. That's like he's <laughs> intensely trying. He takes a break from that. He like blocks into me. Thank you. And he puts his hand out. I said, what's up, dude? And I like <laughs> gave him like a high five. With his hand out, dude. That's what That's happened. That's hilarious. And it was just, I, it just like, I, it just came on so quick. And then it's just that, 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 what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and then we did like 10 more takes because he sucks. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm pretty oh. sure it was John McCain up there fucking up. <laughs> guy, uh, he was pretty old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, rest in rest in peace. <laughs> Here's to John McCain. <laughs> you know much about that guy's story? John McCain. Did you know uh-huh. he was like he was a serious? Uh, I can't really. It's not worth talking about for a long time because I don't really know much about it. But I remember when he died, there was a special on TV, and I did not realize. I knew he was a prisoner of war. Yeah, he was like tortured, like really badly. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. Just went through some crazy shit. I remember he had like dis, like his arms or hands. He had like disabilities or something because of that, or like lasting injuries. I remember that being wow. a thing when he ran for president. People talked about that. 
This is how, this is was the state of politics when I was that age. And this isn't the only reason I wasn't pro John McCain, but I just had so little vested interest in normal political talking points, whether it's fiscal politics or whatever you're talking about. I really didn't give a shit about much except what I knew and was into. And all there was this, there was this thing that John McCain at the time thought MMA should be illegal (laughs) or (laughs) had historically thought, dude, we, I mean, MMA was banned in like 49 states at one point. Huh? They mainly did them in Indian reservations when they went around the, the, the U.S. Huh. I want to say Nevada might have been the the one of the biggest or like that makes sense. The staples as far as states that had it legalized, right. but it was illegal everywhere. And it wasn't until I mean, God, dude, it wasn't legalized in New York. Say they did a Madison Square Gardens one. I mean, this is like more, this is recent. This is like probably if I had to guess, I'd say 2010. Right. You I know? guess I didn't pay much attention to it back then. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was banned in a bunch of states, but anyway, John McCain had something to do with, or had a strong opinion on it at one point with MMA being illegal. So I'm like, fuck that guy. Everyone <laughs> would bring up John McCain and be like, I'm not voting for him. He is against MMA, <laughs> and that was my. I mean, it's funny. That's what motivates people. Yeah, it is. Um. Yeah, perform- what do you think it's like giving your first presidential speech? Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> has anyone ever just fucked up badly? It's like <laughs> the worst you can do, giving up a presidential speech or something. But at that point, you've been a politician, I mean, you would think, for a while, and you've just probably given the shit ton of speeches that, I don't know. That's true. That's definitely a factor. It's got to be nerve-wracking doing your first big public debate. Oh yeah, your first but televised that's probably debate. a good one. Like your first like presidential Whoa. debate might be a little more like nerve wracking to them than like even the speech. Yeah, I um, yeah, the there's something about I've never given like a speech like that's pretty that's pretty crazy, man. I'm actually I got asked to host a powerlifting event uh, next weekend, so next Saturday I'm like hosting on the mic. Ooh a powerlifting competition. That'll be fun. That'll be easy. It's easy to be a hype person at a thing like that. You know, you just say the names, you say their numbers, blah, blah, blah. Pretty simple. Um, I don't know, man. Stand up. One time I did a show when I was opening up for 98 rock people and there was 600 people there at this place called LaFontaine Blue. Nice. Glenn Burney. That was pretty insane. Like, wow, there's 600 people here. And I hosted it, so I was the first person who went up, and I did my set at the top. So I went up, introduced the show, did my eight minutes of comedy, and then brought people up. So I was like the icebreaker. Didn't get to read the room. That's always hardest, performing first. (laughs) Always, always hard. Sometimes at the open mic, I mean, I'm used to it now, but I used to dread being up first. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like me up first, give it to somebody else <laughs> who's doing like a normal song that people want to sing along to. Right. Transition a little bit. Yeah. Um, we actually got to practice a little. Speaking of performance, I don't want to go too much longer. I just, uh, as we do these, I think we might just do more general conversations up. I like the yeah. idea of having the topic to start off and like get a good groove because you've never podcasted before right. and um, just be, it's fun to do. So if you're listening, I can't promise that every episode will be, all right, we're just going to talk about this or just talk about that because it's kind of odd. 
Uh, but as we have more guests and, and do different things, who knows what'll, what'll come of it. But yeah, there's nothing else big on performance. Were you nervous your first time podcasting? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets, that gets comfortable quick. Yeah. I, I'm it, more comfortable now already. You just can't worry about it because it's like, at least we don't have like a giant audience of like people critiquing us. It doesn't really matter at this point. Oof, at least we don't have a giant audience. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, <laughs> awesome. Anything else you want to say on performing? Nope. I think I'm pretty good. Sweet. We got some cool stuff uh, lined up. I got a um, few people talking in the works for guests and a couple Ooh. ideas. So. We will talk at you people soon. <laughs> Bye.